0: Hi, welcome to Isolation Conversations
1: with Ben and Jen, putting the Q&A in quarantine.
0: You nailed it. I know. Uh, I'm so, uh, so proud of you.
1: Eventually, that. we're going to be able to nail it and then not have to talk about the fact that I didn't screw it up.
0: Uh, mm, I don't know. I like this running bit. Uh, <laughs> so we have an amazing guest uh, on this podcast today, uh, the one and only Cleo Estrella. Yay! Hi! Uh, hi, Cleo. Hi. Uh, we'll start off. Tell us who you are. Sure. Um,
2: my name is Cleo, and I'm a nurse practitioner. I work at a college health center at a university in Durham, North Carolina, where I've been um, for about 14 and a half years now.
0: That's that's a lot of time. But you're more than just your job. Oh, Yeah let's see here. What do you want to know about me?
2: Uh, I have two adorable kids who are, they are exhausting. And I have an adorable husband. And I have a corgi. And he's the love of my life. His name is Toby. He turned six, two days ago. But with all this quarantine stuff, I did not even make him a birthday cake. It was really (sighs) sad.
0: Oh, you can always get a mistake and just tell him that it was his birthday. I gave him.
1: Corgi's being the royal dog, they're definitely the ones to remember dates.
2: Well, I kind of. Well, we put a bandana on him that said happy birthday. And so I think he knew. But, um, we did give him like a plate of spaghetti and some meatballs, but usually I would be like, let's bake you a cake. But we didn't do that. (laughs) Uh,
0: He has a really great Instagram page.
2: Oh, he does. It's at Toby, the Durham Corgi.
0: Wow. He is very handsome. Fluffy. 10 out of 10, fluffy butt.
2: 10 out of 10, very fluffy, a little anxious, but truly love him. Love of my life. He's sitting next to me right now.
1: Oh, well, that actually, that actually segues nicely into, into question two. Uh, how, other than not making a cake for your corgi, uh, how has your daily routine changed as a result of all the COVID and shelter in place it, and all that? It
2: is crazy. It has been crazy. So, um, so usually in my regular working life, I work Monday through Friday, um, like eight to five, I usually see anywhere between like 17 to 20 people a day, back to back stuff. Because I work in college health, it's always like birth control. And let's talk about STDs. And let me refill your, you know, like like different medications and stuff. And all of a sudden, um, it just really changed and, and turned into more like virtual visits. And let's just email back and forth and figure out how to get you taken care of without you having to leave your house, because I don't want to put you at risk for getting sick. Um, So these days, we're at my workplace. We have a skeleton crew, so I'm only at work um, for the past couple weeks. I've only well, the past week I've only been at work maybe three days, two days, three days, and then the rest of the time I'm available um, on my computer for patients to ask questions or make requests and things.
0: Yeah. That Do you helps. think that or have they given you any kind of notice that your position might change as far as a need? that might occur?
2: Yeah. So, um, so currently we're okay. Um, we're still all, um, we're still all doing what we're doing, but they are asking us to be available, um, to assist with a lot of these drive-through coronavirus testing clinics that are mm-hmm. happening locally. Um, the crew that's doing them, they're all people from those specific clinics and they're tired. I mean, these are it's very tiring work um, and difficult and exhausting work. And so they're asking a lot of the providers in some of the other clinics and including ours to please volunteer to be available to help out with that a few times a week. And so I have to look at the hours and figure out like when I could go. And I'm actually a little bit excited to go because they're like, oh, we need some people in the evening hours, like between 5 and 7.30. And I'm like, yes, get me away from my children for a couple of hours. That would be wonderful. So I'm totally going to sign up for some of those.
0: Yeah, I would say now it's probably important to say that we're recording this on the 2nd of April. Uh, This probably won't be released for another week or two. And it might be a different story by then.
2: Right. Oh, I know.
0: In like
2: in the next week or two or two or three or whatever it is, it's going to peak and we're all going to be just drinking at 10 in the morning.
1: Yeah. How like I guess kind of of, uh, not only how has your daily routine changed? I mean, it seems like it's not even especially for people in the medical field. It's not just changing like for a lot of a lot of folks. It's like my go to work switch got turned to go to home. And then for you, it seems like the switch is constantly changing, right? Like every, every week there's probably like new, new shift. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's new, there's, we definitely have to be flexible. So, um, you know, as you guys were recording this, my boss just sent us all our schedule for next week and I'm scheduled to be in the clinic seeing people three days this week. But then next week he's like, oh, well, we only need you one day. Um, because they're really trying to reduce the amount of people that are in the building to reduce the chance of community spread um so that's interesting and then also this is the week where i got to work and they were like starting today we all have to have our temperature taken we all have to sign off on a sheet of paper we all need to wear masks the entire time we're in the building um so that's been a real ex- interesting experience like smelling my breath all day long it's really it's really gross you feel like you're in an airplane and you can't escape so it's oh, a, yeah. like I, it's a, I, it's I a little story. bit claustrophobic
1: you know, I'm used to having like ski masks and stuff on for like when it gets too cold. And just like the uh, the the third minute on mm-hmm. is just the smell of your own breath.
2: It is it like the first like...
1: time you breathe through it. It's just like now now, you know, your, your dental hygiene is really uh, being held up to you like a like a mirror.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we get we get one mask a day. So we have our one mask. and Wow. One, yeah, this is where we are. But I'm perfectly that's totally fine. I want I'm I'm happy to recycle and keep using my one mask because we want to we want to keep as much gear available, you know, as we can. Um, yeah. So back in I'm like back in the day when we could decide when to switch out masks and how many we could use depending on who we were seeing and how sick they were. Um, now it's just, here's your one mask and you carry a paper bag around with you and you put the mask in that when you need to take it off and eat, and then you put it back on. So, Hmm. that's where we are.
0: Well, uh, we've, we've, we're asking you more questions than we normally ask people just because you are on the front lines in some way. Do you think that, um, you're going to have to, if this goes on and gets bad, you're going to have to isolate away from your family? Oh, I've already had, well,
2: I've already technically been on isolation um, because, so let me go back to early March. Let me go back in the day to early March. So early March rolls around. We know this thing is here. We're not seeing any cases locally. And then all of a sudden we get word that there are planefuls of our students coming back from different countries who... And we've had, and there were some confirmed COVID cases that were coming back. And this was before they were like, we're shutting the borders and we're shutting down all the travel. So um, I, I did get exposed. I did have a medium to high risk exposure with a patient of mine who ended up subsequently getting tested. And that was the day that those were the days when they were like, "Are you dying? You don't need a test." Oh, but ah. I, have, I have a sister. My sister is an internal medicine physician in Seattle. And so she and I talk all the time. And I'm like, oh, so what are you seeing? And she was describing like a lot of the patients and especially like young patients. And I remember her saying to me, she was like, it's funny. These, ki- these kids come in, they're young or they're teenagers or they're late 20s. And um, they look fine, but they have a cough and they feel a little short of breath. And then boom, they have multifocal pneumonia. They have pneumonia everywhere, all over their lungs. And so then I was like, oh, that's crazy. And she was like, and they don't get, they don't feel sick until a few days after. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Good to plonk that in my brain. And so this kid comes in, graduate student in his 30s. And he's like, I've just, I've just come off the plane from Spain. And um, I just feel a little bit off. I've been coughing for a few days and this kid looked great. So and at that time, we didn't have any instructions to wear protective equipment yet. So I was like, all right, let me just take care of you, how to take care of anybody who has a cough and a cold. And I examined him without any equipment on. And then for peace of mind, I was like, let's just do a quick chest x-ray, because it makes me nervous when people say that they're feeling short of breath or a little bit, you know, they're not breathing as well. And he and the second I saw that chest x-ray, and it was like, boom, like full on full blown pneumonia everywhere. I was like, Oh, God, this is what my sister was talking about. Oh, man. And so then that that day, sorry to keep just talking. I'll, oh, I'll just please. You're no, that's on the proper. whole point of it. <laughs> um, so that day, and because the guidelines were still up in the air and nobody really had a clear grip on what they were doing, I called um, the hospital hub to be like, hey, I want to get this guy tested for coronavirus. And I spoke to the hospital infectious disease. I spoke to the state epidemiologist, who's like the ultimate say-so person who says, yes, you can get this person tested or not. And both of them on that day and that on that afternoon, they were like, yeah, he's not impressive. We wouldn't recommend testing at this time. What? Yeah. And so I remember going home and just doing a couple of shots of tequila as soon as I got home because I was like, I really think this kid is, I think he has it and I can't get him tested. And then the next morning when I got to work, within 20 minutes of me getting to work, all the guidelines changed and all of a sudden he was considered to be a high risk person and he could get testing. So I got him tested two hours later. And then hung around for like, he stayed at home and he isolated appropriately and everything. But we got the test back like three days later. And it wasn't just that he was positive. It's it's like everyone that they tested, like all those kids on all those planes that managed to get tested on that day, like every single one of them came back positive. Good Lord. So, um, yeah, so probably my university is the reason why we have coronavirus in Durham. They brought it back with them from their international travels. So I was put on um, home isolation for two weeks, somewhere in the middle of that. I got tested. I was negative. Um, Thank goodness. But I basically set up shop in my guest room, which my husband turned, gotta love my husband. Sometimes he really comes through. I was like, I really need a space where I I can see people, like if I need to see patients virtually, how do I do that? And so he found like an old cabinet door and put it on like two heaters and it makes the perfect desk. <laughs> so I am just there and it's just like literally me sitting here between these two heaters and my uh, door and my dog is behind me. And Toby just sat with me the entire time I was at home. Um, He's a good boy. He's a good boy. But like day 7 or 8 of doing this, of like being on home isolation, I definitely went through a phase where I was like, I I'm having great groundhog day. I just want to take a big old nap. Um I don't know how much longer I can do this.
1: No, yeah. I I feel you. I'm actually on I'm on day 7 of my uh I had to travel for work. I'm in Alaska. Um oh. and uh doing critical infrastructure on the North Slope of Alaska, which is basically just a, you know, a a fragile ecosystem of older folks. Uh and so they have a 14 day travel uh, travel restriction, and so I'm only going to be up there for two weeks, but I have to spend two weeks down here in Anchorage, uh, just in a hotel room. Um,
2: oh my god, how awful! No,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's it's not the worst. I mean, Grubhub, Grubhub, still delivers, Instacart still delivers, so basically just everything I can cook in a microwave. Um, but I definitely feel you where uh, there's only there's only so much of the uh, the, the virtual like equivalence of hanging out. That, uh, that make up for the fact, and I'm sure that, like, everybody's, you know, dealing with this, especially, like, people who who already lived alone, um, but there's only so much of the virtual hanging out, like, makes up for uh, just being physically isolated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that w- moves us to uh, another question in the the standard survey. We really hit you up hard for that first part. Um, But what hobbies or things are you doing to stay occupied when you're not teleconferencing with with people? Ah,
2: Okay. So let's see here. What have I been doing? Oh, I I did. um, I have started um, a meditation program. So my, one of the, my nurse friends from um, the ER, she was like, oh, there's this program online called Ziva and they're doing their two week meditation program for healthcare providers for free. So, and then she was like, it's really meditation for really neurotic type A stressed out people. And so I was like, that's me, that's me. So, um. I signed up and I had to send them my copy of my ID and stuff being like, yes, I am doing And it's been great. You guys, this lady that runs this thing, she's like an ex Broadway dancer person. She has a lovely voice and she just trains you for 15 days on how to meditate. And I've, that's been a, something that I'm, I'm like, this is great. So that's a hobby. Another hobby that I have because I do have pretty bad anxiety. So I like to channel my anxiety into little things. I got my seven-year-old a fish, and then I got really into this whole idea of the fish needs to feel comfortable. And if that fish <laughs> feels comfortable, I'm going to feel comfortable. So we got this, this kid. This is the most
0: Cleo thing ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Louie, my seven-year-old, who's the the most boisterous, most alive person you could possibly meet. He's just been alive and very uh, fiery and fierce like since he's been born. He was like, Mommy... I've wanted a fish for three years. Today might be the day. Can we please get me a fish? And I was like, yes. And so by the time that we'd had the fish for a week, he's a beta fish and he's beautiful. He, I was like, oh, he looks really uncomfortable in that teeny tiny tank. Let's get him a bigger tank. And then that turned into, I read that beta fish need to live at 78 to 80 degrees to feel comfortable. So I'm going to have to get him a heater. And then it turned into, well, you know, that kind of, that little tiny tank is really dark. Maybe he needs a light. So I've spent a lot of time making this fish feel real comfortable because I was like, oh, God, I wouldn't want to feel cold all the time. That would be the worst. So that's Duke the fish, right? Right. And so meditation and the fish. And Toby's a little bit on the overweight side, right? So I took him to the vet for his regular checkup. And they're so funny because they call me at the end of the day. And they go, so Toby looks great. His blood work and everything's great. He's the cutest dog, but he's a little overweight. Like, I don't know that. Like, I, like it's, it's a completely news to me. So right. then they're trying to, so they're like, you know what you should do? You should cut down his food by half and then you should feed him some green beans. Like the green beans are going to convince this dog that like, you know, it's real food. So we tried to do the green bean thing. And then this time around, apparently his weight was up to the point where they were like, we're going to prescribe you some dog food, uh. you know, some like prescriptions, prescription strength, weight loss dog food which I'm not made out of money. So I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of leftover dog food. I'm going to try to do that. So right now, Toby's on a diet of more intense green beans and kibble and a little bit of wet food and the occasional plate of spaghetti and meatballs on his birthday. Right. Right. So that's that. And I'm doing this last thing that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. <laughs> My sister and I, because, because we are who we are, we were like, what can we start talking about? What can we fixate on? What can we try to you know, learn how to do? And we both decided that we're going to try to grow out our eyelashes. So we did a lot of research Ah. about different eyelash serums because we're Filipino and Filipinos do not have eyelashes. We just don't. Right. And then you have kids and the kids, like after I had one of the kids, I lost like half of my eyelashes. They like spontaneously fell out a week after one of them was born and they kind of never grew back. Ah. So then she and I. Yeah. So she that's that's it happens. Like I lost half of an eyebrow at one point after after louis was born what like, yes you have spontaneous hair loss like after pregnancy it's just like a rebalancing of hormones totally normal right uh, okay. but you know i was like oh yeah I, I have i have terrible eyelashes terrible eyelashes to the point where i went to try to get them where they do like a lash wave where they try to kind of lift up your eyelashes and do like a lash perm and I got turned away because they were like, the smallest rod that we have wouldn't even wrap around your eyelashes. They're so short and sparse, <laughs> oh. which made me so sad. So oh. then my sister, so my sister and I, cause we're both, we're both medical people. We were like, well, should we just go and get lattice or should we just try to, you know, but latice is very expensive. It's like $150 for a three month supply, right? Yeah. And then Rodin and Fields does one and that's $150 for a three month supply. By the
0: way, Jen, you had beautiful lashes at your wedding. Uh those were the sewn on and it took forever because my eyes are so sensitive. And I just had to sit there and be in pain for like two and a half hours.
2: They were very beautiful. And I just remember you being like, I cannot cry. Do not I I just can't cry. Eyelashes. Oh, because they'll
0: lose. They'll they'll fall right out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we talked about that and we we're like, should we do Latisse? What if we get it in our eyes and we go blind? And then we we're like, should we get eyelash extensions? And then we decided that we were going to both go to Sephora and get this $65 tube that lasts for three months. And we are now religiously putting that on our upper lash line and we're just going to grow some Corona eyelashes. So
0: there you go. At, nice. the end
2: of, at the end of all of this, I'm really hopeful I'm going to have some really pretty eyelashes.
0: And it also is one of those things that it takes months for you to see improvement. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, yeah,
2: that's how I'm channeling. Those are my hobbies, you guys. <laughs>
0: I, love I love them. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Making,
1: making uh, all creatures, including your eyelashes, feel comfortable. I feel like that's a that's a healthy <laughs> set of hobbies.
0: Uh, you have to know that Cleo is a creature of comfort. Uh, the minute that she can get into soft clothes and fuzzy slippers, that's when she's truly happy. Nice. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so quarantine has, has been lovely, actually. It's been, um, there was a good 14, 15 day stretch where I was like, I am in my pajamas and in my soft sweater and it was great. And so then go like the whole idea of like, why you know, you read these things and they're just like, oh, you should really get dressed up, you know, just pretend that you're having like a regular day. And I'm like, why would you put jeans on? Like, why would you put regular pants on when you're in quarantine? It doesn't make any sense, right?
1: Actually, so that. So, that's- nicely into question four which is what would it take uh or, or what would what would take your uh, your quarantine yourself your self-isolation to the next level like what what uh uh what's what's the thing that you keep reaching for that's just not there that would that would really elevate this besides you know magic eyelashes
2: besides magic eyelashes um it would be if there was a way to get a massage Like if there was a way that like, because they're discouraging, they're just like, don't invite anyone into your home. My husband, he loves the guy that cuts his hair and he came to our house. And then I read an article afterwards that was just like, don't do that. But you know, uh, you, you do your best. And so then the whole, like I, I would give anything to be able to have a massage at this point, because you're sitting, you're sitting all day long at it, like on, on the chair and you're just kind of doing your work and hovering over computers And just, it makes me sad that like all the massage places are closed and all, I mean, yeah, that, that would do it for me. Yeah, I see that
1: for sure. Because especially, like you said, like, like, I'm sure that your two things that you're doing are either sitting, uh, teleconferencing health or being on your feet all day in a health facility. So it's, it's both of those things are the extremes that need just somebody who knows how to rub muscles. So they stop hurting.
2: Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so my husband and I, we we go to a chiropractor. So we go to a chiropractor every week, but I can tell you, even the chiropractors are a little bit like from what I experienced today and the last time I went, they're they're kinda like, I don't really want to touch you <laughs> because I don't really wanna get that close to you. Yeah. So like the adjustments are definitely like less like as they would be normally which yeah. I get because you're like kind of afraid of your fellow human being because you're like, no, I don't no. know. You could breathe on me while I'm adjusting your spine. And then I could get sick and die.
1: I wonder if they will have like a permanent change where, you know, everything is basically done like the x-rays of the dentist where like you go into a room and then like the doctor is like, okay, I can see you from the cameras uh, put <laughs> your hand a little bit lower. You're adjusting yourself.
2: They have those robots that can listen to your heart and your lungs. They're just like, take the stethoscope and place it on your heart.
0: And then they know, keep- Yeah, they have
2: those robots, but.
0: No, I'm sure they do, but I don't want that. I would only only uh...
1: like Rosie from the Jetsons.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it looks like that. And then you have like an actual doctor or an MP or somebody who you can see their face and they are that head of that robot.
0: See, that sounds Mm. lovely to me. Mm -mm. No, no.
1: See, you're talking about being like a type A neurotic. I'm a type B neurotic, which is the worst because it's like I'm very anxious, but also I don't want to take charge. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, oh man uh so I wanted to ask Cleo uh our our next question what's something that you have discovered in all of this like that's a silver lining or what's the unexpected upside okay so the unexpected
2: upside is I kind of like the fact that I don't have any FOMO right now So yeah, I really don't because, you know, human beings, I studied psych in um, psychology and in, as an undergrad, human beings just want to have few choices. If you give them too many choices, too many options, they don't like it. It freaks them out. They don't like it. Mm -hmm. So then the less choices they have and kind of saying to someone you're confined to this space, you can do stuff, but it has to be within this space. That kind of gives you some comfort because you're like, I'm not missing out on this amazing thing that's happening outside my house. And I get to enjoy all the stuff that's inside my house, like, you know, playing card card games with kids or, you know, hanging out with my husband or things like that. So I have, that's the silver lining for me. Oh, for
0: sure. And also
2: all these Zoom meetings, they're, they're really interesting. I would like to figure out how to turn my Zoom background, like that lady in
0: England did where she turned herself into a potato she turned herself into a potato and then could not get it off. So she just did the whole meeting as a potato. She uh, looks so I love sad. that so much.
2: But she has beautiful oh, eyelids. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I've, I've discovered that, like, those things are interesting. And I personally like to do uh, – I have to have these Zoom meetings with administrators at, um, at my university. And so I went into this uh, meeting – And it was like a town hall kind of meeting. And I purposely wore my medical mask. And then like three of my (laughs) colleagues are also on the call because I'm like, I can't take off this mask. I'm not allowed to you guys. And so like, there's all these people who are working from home. I've got got my mask on. And then um, one of my colleagues is on there too. And he's just like, hello, drama queen. What are you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, if I have to wear this, I'm wearing it with flair.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to keep, a sense of humor about this or you'll, you'll go insane. Right. That is very true.
2: Someone should tell that to my husband, because I think he's, he's starting to feel the deep dad grief of having to stay at home with his kids all day long. <laughs> and yeah. he can't go any- he can't go anywhere. And you can tell like he's looking, he's looking at me so jealously as I'm like getting in my car and leaving for work. <laughs> Matt is, he's a bit of an
0: extrovert. He likes to have a good party.
2: He likes to have a good party. He's so sad because he, like all of us play in a band and now all of our gigs have been canceled for the foreseeable future. And I think he's just really bummed out about that.
0: Is he still meeting with the bandmates and like jamming on Zoom?
2: No, because um, like all the kids, all, all the kids, all the guys in his band are millennials. And for a long time, they were like, we're not worried about this. And now they're like, we're totally worried about this. We can't meet up. And then Matt's like, how about we have like a living room concert and you guys come over and we'll do whatever. And then comes this flurry of text messages being like, how are we going to maintain social distancing in, yeah. your living, in your living room? And now they're like, no, we shouldn't see each other in person until this whole thing is done.
0: Yeah. And it's not like but they uh, can, they can like, play over Zoom, though. Like somebody can play at their house and like they can do that.
1: Well, The problem with yeah. that, would be play, right? Like, the, like everybody would be hearing the other people slightly delayed. And so yeah. it would be hard to get into a jam because literally what you're hearing and what the other person is hearing would be on opposite sides of the delay. And so, yeah. you, would, you know, unless, unless you all set to a metronome, right? Like you all, you all start at the same time. Or if you, uh, you know, what you could do is you could, you could uh, do like Prince did, right? Where he plays one track. So like somebody sends one track, do like a little round robin of music. Mm-hmm. And so someone's like, okay, I'm just going to do the baseline. And then, you know, pass that around. But yeah, you, can't, you can't do it live uh, over the over the interwebs. Not until we get 5G.
2: Yeah. Well, he's sort of, I think he's like lost his zip the past couple of days. Because I was like, honey, we could do a thing where you could do, you could learn how to do the virtual choir. And you could piece everything together. And you can just tell that he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to, I don't want to learn how to do that right now. I just can't. Yeah. Aww.
1: I definitely relate to that feeling of like oh learning a new thing not my not my jam right now
0: <laughs> and you know what that's okay too it's yeah. okay to feel your feelings however you need to yes yeah, agreed it's such a weird time the weirdest it is the weirdest time
1: well, Cleo, it has been an uh, absolute joy. Uh, this is the, the the kind of like the bonus question, the bonus end part of our of our uh, podcast. Is do you have anything to plug? Whether that's your own social media or your dog's butt social media, or cutest uh,
0: butt, cutest butt ever,
1: or is this or is this anywhere that anywhere that people kind of need to know more about? Um, uh, as far as uh, as far as like places places where they can they can help out if uh, if they're I don't know if they have the time.
2: Yeah, everybody, stay the fuck home. That would be be my number one plug. Everyone think of your grandparents and all of the young babies and all of the people with uh, compromised immune systems and everybody stay at home for those people. That would be my number one plug. And my second plug would be Toby the Durham Corgi on Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to we're going to get you some likes. Uh <laughs> the two people that listen to this podcast are going to like that but
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I and I would say, you know, uh by providing internet content, you know, you're really helping people stay at home and that's that that more than being a nurse practitioner at a major university is is really the contribution you're making to the isolation. Mm-hmm.
2: thanks guys. And <gasps> wash thank your hands. you. Everybody wash your hands too. Wash, wash his, your
0: hands.
2: Wash
1: your hands and wash your hands. Sign off.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Bye.